also love Oreos, um, a lot of them, too many probably. Um, but this morning I wanted to give you guys a chance to see a little bit into my life as I'd love to get to know you all and so you can get to know me a little bit this morning. Uh, several years ago, uh, my wife and I and several friends had an opportunity to go to New York City. We did the touristy thing. We got a hotel on Times Square through Priceline.com, got to hang out. And, you know, th- we're not in New York City for more than two minutes. I kid you not. We walk out of the hotel and we see this mass of people, cameras, lights, and all this stuff. And I'm like, ooh, cameras. Let's run over. And so we ran, I ra- we ran over. And I honestly was like, I'm getting into these cameras. I don't care what it costs me. I'm going to make my way to the camera. And so... I actually um, was on a show, a little show I like to call People's Court. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, I was on it. Um, but here's the deal. They, I was like so consumed with People's Court. I was like, when is it coming on? When is it coming on? And I was waiting in line to ask producers and, you know, going, when does it come on? When does it come on? And they were like, oh, it's like three months from now, so be sure to set your recorder. This is due to air August 17th or whatever. And I'm like, all right, August 17th. Got to remember that. When we get home, got us at the VCR. Got us at the VCR. We're seeing all this cool stuff in New York City. I'm like, got us at the VCR. doesn't matter. I don't care about the Statue of Liberty. I don't care about anything. I got us at the VCR. I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be on TV. Well, I set the VCR and I brought that clip with me today to show you my, my starring role in the People's Court. And so you're going to see this video footage, and there's actually a red arrow to help point me out if you can't see me. So, so there I am, I'm walking, trying to get into the shot. Trying to get into the shot. Now watch how they drop the camera down because they recognize there's an idiot in the back. See? And I'm out. And I'm gone. And so there I am again in another shot, uh, right in the top corner, just staring into the camera as best as I know how. <sighs> so yeah, that's... Uh, I waited months to record that, uh, just so you know. But that is my, my starring moment. And if you, if you know anything about me, if you know me at all, you know I kind of have this Henri side to me, if you can believe it. Um, but there's this thing about me, and I have this sixth sense, and, and I don't know if it's a spidey sense or what, but I know when groups of people are getting together to take a picture. And I may not even know them, but it is my job and my mission to ruin as many group photos as I possibly can. So I know when she's about to, or he's about to click the button, and they get one of these in the background somewhere um, to where they... Uh, I, m- The reason I do it, I think, is because I so long to be at that Walmart or wherever they go to get their film developed, and they develop that picture, and they look, who is that guy, and what is he doing? It's getting getting a little more difficult with uh, digital cameras today, because digital cameras, people can actually preview what they just took, and there have been times, I kid you not, I've done what I've done, I've made my mark on their camera, and they look down and... They look back and see where I was standing, and I was like, yes, I got in their picture. You know, I, so, so I can tell. But, but there's something about that. And, I mean, you look at YouTube today. YouTube is just people doing all of that. You know, there's that desire to throw yourself out on the Internet and be famous and be in the People's Court Film Archive or be on somebody's, in somebody's picture that you have no idea who they are because I think there's something in me that just really longs to last last beyond me. I, I want to be captured. I, wanna be, I want people to know that I existed. And I think that that is something deeper than just an ornery side that I might have. I think it's something deeper that says, I want to make a mark on life, on history, on my family, on something that's bigger because the Bible tells us two very clear things. Number one, 
we don't know how much time we have. And number two, that time that we do have is short. Hearing so many different people teach in, 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 in times, I've heard them say this, and maybe this is something that you can grasp and wrestle with, but it says, the Bible has a lot of promises for us, but one that is not in God's word is tomorrow. You and I are not promised tomorrow, and you and I are promised that life is short. Okay, so when you deal with that, when you wrestle with that, when you go, what in the world am I supposed to do? You begin to see throughout the Bible, there's this theme There is this theme that life is short. In the book of Job in the Old Testament, Job was a man who suffered a lot, who had a lot, who wrestled with God, who who, questioned his life and why he was here. But things that he would say things like, my life is but a breath. My life passes more swiftly than a runner. How frail is humanity? How short is life? How full of trouble? My life seeps away. Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes, we talked about a little bit last week, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, this is what he says. He said, after much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. The psalmist in Psalm 89 writes, remember how short my life is. How empty and futile this human existence. No one can live forever. All will die. No one can escape the power of the grave. Psalm 103, our days on earth are like grass. Like wildflowers, we bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here before. Psalm 119, my life constantly hangs in the balance, but I will not stop obeying your instruction. In the New Testament, in the book of James, you have a letter written, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. All through the Bible, we see, we see words and phrases that make you and I understand that life is short, life is temporary, we don't know how long we have, so what? So what, Jason, life is short? What is the point? I really do believe that God has put us here to grasp and wrestle with what Sue said so, so perfectly is the most important thing. And grasping a hold of the most important thing sooner, not later. And what I've seen happen, and again, there may be multiple ways that people can respond to the fact that life is short, and I think there are, but there's two major ones that I really do see people live out when they recognize that life is short. There's the, the, what I like to call the Rocky Mountain climbing, bull riding, skydiving lifestyle. That's the one where I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew and Red Bull, and I'm going to go until I die, and nothing's off limits, and it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. It's about me. What am I going to climb? What am I going to jump off? What am I going to climb through? What am I going to swim through? What am I going to do? The next high that I can possibly live, because time is short. I've got to live it up. And I'm not saying don't go climb mountains, and don't go swimming, and don't go ride a bull or whatever, but I'm saying... If that's your point in life, if that's your purpose, is the next high that you can get to, my question is, what difference is it making? What legacy are you leaving? That's one way people can respond when they recognize that short is life. And the other way, again, there may be multiple ways, but these are the two that I usually see. The second one is what I like to call the Homer Simpson view of life. And the Homer Simpson view of life is this. I saw an episode when I was growing up and I was in high school and Homer was wrestling with his existence and blah, 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 and all these things. And he buys this book. In the very first chapter of the book, the title of the chapter is Live Every Day Like It's Your Last. And so you see Homer in his way begin to ponder. And the very next scene is him sitting on a street curb with his head in his hands crying, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. 
Because he was like, well, if it's my last day, then that's what I'm going to do spending. I'm going to spend it complaining about how I don't want to die. And there's this fear that can arise in us. And what happens is we go, you know what? Life is short. So I'm fragile. I'm not indestructible. I can be broken. I can fall off something high and get broken in half. And that's not good. And, and we wrestle with that. And then we become fear-based people. We become, you know what? I'm not going to take any risks because life is short. I'm not going to do anything bigger than myself. I'm going to stay here and safe and not do anything because I know life is short. And now, I, honestly, in Psalm 90.12, I want you to see this. Psalm 90.12 says this. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. It doesn't say teach us th that life is short so we can grow in fear. Because I don't believe that the life that Jesus came to give you and I, the abundant life, the full life, the life to the full, however you want to word it, is involved in living a fear-based life. It says, teach us to number our days so we may grow in wisdom, so that we will know how to live these short days that we actually have. Now, um, like I said, these are two of the extremes that I tend to see mo most often, but here's the deal. The same thing, the, the way that these are two like ideas, the kamikaze way versus the fear-based way, is they're both about us. Look what I did. I climbed this. I'm afraid, so I'm not going to do anything. We make this life about us. And here's the deal. The biggest mistake you can make when you find out that life is short is think that it's about you. That is the biggest mistake that we can make. And what happens with both of these mentalities is we make this life, our temporary stint here on this earth, passing moment, we make it about us. And so what is the question? What is the thing we're going to deal with this morning? And, and I want to read to you a quote, and it'll actually be on the screen because I know how much I love people reading to me, which I really don't. Um, but you can actually read along with me as I read it out loud. So I'm going to read it while you read it. So that's how it's going to work. So re read these words. It's by John Piper, and it's a book called Don't Waste Your Life. He actually gives this book away on his website. If you want to know more, you come see me, and, and he gives it away, and you can download it and read it and all those different things. But he writes this. You don't have to know a lot of things for your life to make a lasting difference in the world. But you do have to know the few great things that matter. Perhaps just one, and then be willing to live for them and die for them. The people that make a durable difference in the world are not the people who have mastered many things, but who have been mastered by one great thing. If you want your life to count, if you want the ripple effect of the pebbles you drop to become waves that reach the ends of the earth and roll on into eternity... You don't need to have a high IQ. You don't have to have good looks or riches or come from a fine family or a fine school. Instead, you have to know a few great, majestic, unchanging, obvious, simple, glorious things or one great, all-embracing thing and be set on fire by them. Here's the deal. You as a person can make this life about you and you can attempt to be the star of your little movie. You can. You can be the star of your little movie that doesn't last very long. You know what? Someone may, someone may make a movie about your life, a lifetime movie. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but to have your life made into a lifetime movie, I'm not sure. I'm still on the, on the fence about that. You may actually have your own letterhead someday. Somebody may say something nice about you or somebody may say something mean about you. I don't know. But when your story is over, it's done. When your B movie, when your indie film movie is over, it's done. 
And so what my prayer has been as we've talked about chasing after meaning is this very simply, the one thing that we would catch hold of and we would be lit on fire by is actually the voice of the psalmist in Psalm 102. And this is what he says. My life passes as swiftly as the evening shadows. I am withering away like grass. I know my life is short. But you, O Lord, my life is short, but you, O Lord. My life is temporary, but you, O Lord. My life will have an end to it, but you, O Lord, will sit on your throne forever. Your fame will endure to every generation. It sounds like his story has been going on long before I took my first breath. Psalm 139 says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. It sounds to me like God's story has been ongoing. Before I even came onto the scene. And so what am I getting at? I'm getting at this. Humanity, you and I, are very good at trying to star in our own movies. We are very good at trying to be the main character of our story. Humanity has been very good at it since the fall. You know, Louis Giglio, a speaker that I've, that I've really come to love his teachings, and, he, and, and, and I would encourage you to, to get to know him and, and listen to his podcast and different things, but he gives an account of creation. And he says in Genesis 1.1, Genesis 1.1 isn't the creation of God. Genesis 1.1 is when we come on the scene. God's been before and he'll be after. He's got no beginning. He's got no end. And so he, he, he jokes about the fact that as humans, we were created late in the sixth day. And, and the reason we were created late in the sixth day is because if he had created us any earlier, like day two or day three, we would be sitting there arguing with God about where to put that tree or what color to paint that sunset or what color to paint the horizon because we are such control freaks. Now, I know that the fall of man hadn't happened yet, but I got the point. We want to be the stars in our movie. And if you know the story in Genesis, the Genesis account, you know that Satan came in and the apple is offered, the one fruit, one piece of fruit that God said don't eat of. And the way he convinced Adam and Eve that they could, you know, to, to take the apple was he said, ultimately, you can be God's. Fell forward, hook, line, and sinker. Our first attempt at having the starring role. And we have been doing it ever since. Being the one who wants the glory, one who wants the fame, and here's the deal, when it's over, it's done. There's a movie many of you have probably seen, Napoleon Dynamite, and I brought a scene because I have to show it to you because it kept going through my head over and over and over. And I want you to key in on Uncle Rico, all right? Uncle Rico... He will be eating a steak, and he's going to say this. He is going to say, you guys want to see my video. Now watch him through the whole scene, because I think you'll get the point. I tell you this, Jesus came for people like Uncle Rico. <laughs> the reason Jesus came on the scene is because you and I are a lot like Uncle Rico. When we live our lives based on us, we're walking around going, hey, you guys want to see my movie? You guys want to see my movie? Hey, you want to watch my movie? You want to see my movie? Come on, watch my movie. Watch it. It's real good. And then there's people who are like, it's pretty cool, I guess. And then there's people who are like, this is the worst video ever made. But the point is, is we are so consumed with our little story that we miss out on the greatest invitation. 
And I, actually, I just want to read you this verse. In 1 Peter 1, this is what it said. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. We've been doing it since the fall. We've been trying to live this life as a star and it's empty life. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Long before the world began makes me think that God's story has been going on long before I came on the scene. Long before you came on the scene. Long before the creation of the world. God did not come onto the scene in Genesis 1.1. He invited you and I, when Adam opened his eyes, when Adam woke up, when Adam got his first glimpse, the face of God is what he was looking at, and God ultimately was saying, Hey, Adam, welcome to my story. What Jesus did was he came so that you and I would get that stardust feeling, that starstruck feeling out of our heads and he pointed us to the star of whose already story is going on, whose story is already ongoing and that we have an invitation to be a part of. You and I have an opportunity and when we come around that, when we come around the fact that you and I have been invited to have a supporting role in God's ongoing story, when you and I are so consumed with the fact that Christ loves us despite ourselves, you begin to go, wow. I got a part in God's story. It's pretty cool. And, and when this happens, when you come, and go, come to grips with the fact that you've been invited into an ongoing story that God has already been orchestrating and conducting and writing and producing and all those different things... Did you know that it actually brings meaning to every single thing you do? We talked about it last week, Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, as a representative of the Lord Jesus saying, I am so overwhelmed with your love for me that this supporting cast role, whatever it is, I want it. Whether you're a fry cook, a janitor, a CEO, a teacher, a doctor, a mailman, a lawyer, a dancer, a musician, an artist, whatever you are doing, ministry, non-ministry, vocational ministry, not vocational ministry, you're, you're helping feed homeless people, you're helping feed those starving people in, in Africa and other countries, whatever you are doing, you are not the star of. You know that he is the star. That's the invitation. It's the invitation to put down our B-movies, our indie film attempt movies, to say, God, I will accept any supporting cast role you want to give me. As I was wrestling with this whole, you know, not being a star thing in my life, um, I was actually going through some of my old journals, and I actually found this in my journal. And, and guys, it's not a diary. I didn't write, dear diary, hey, today was terrible. Lisa lied to me and I hate her guts. I didn't, 
Guys, it's okay to journal, all right, just so you know. It helps me work things out. What God's teaching me, and so I'm just giving you approval. You can go ahead and journal, guys. You don't have to, but don't start at Dear Diary. But, um, <laughs> but I was reading it, and I, and I felt like it was, very, it was so appropriate for today. And I said, Lord, I will take any supporting role you want to give me. I will lay down my movie plans. I give you creative control. I'm taking my name down from the lights because I am completely overwhelmed with the love that Christ has shown me. You loved me when I didn't love you. You were looking for me when I was not looking for you. And because I'm convinced of your love for me, I will take whatever supporting role you will choose to give me. I am done with my little indie film attempts and I want to make a lasting difference in your already ongoing story where you are the star, you are the director, and you are even the audience. We seek your applause, we seek your direction, and we seek to make your name famous because that's the role of a supporting actor. If you know film at all, supporting actor role, is goal is to make the star look good. Now needless to say, God does not need our help to make him look good. But he invites us to. That's the mind blow here. That's the invitation. That's the incredible, sometimes you just can't put into words, invitation that we've been given. It's that you and I could exchange our starring roles that are not going to last into eternity for a role that whatever the Lord may choose to give us, but we're so excited about it because of the love of Christ. Because he invited us to be a part of his story. Now I want you to get this though. Colossians chapter 3 is kind of the the catch-all, the look forward to thing. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Now here's the deal. That day when you take your last breath and you step into eternity and you're standing there with those that have proclaimed Jesus as Lord and Savior and turn to him for the forgiveness of their sin and you're standing with others in that day, you'll be like, you, you were in the movie too. I was in the movie. Hey, let's watch our scene. Boop, there we were. That was it. That was awesome. I was in your movie. God, we were in your movie. That was amazing. You were in it. High five. Yes, that's awesome. All right. Let's watch it again. Bip, there we were. Woo! One more time. Bip, there it is. But it's the, night, it's, the, it's the idea that we have been invited to something bigger than any of us and that will last longer than any of us because your name, O oh Lord, your fame, O oh Lord, will endure to all generations. And Jesus put it very simply in John chapter 12. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. The way you make a lasting difference is not by promoting your name. Is not by climbing up the ladder and putting on the marquee, Come see Jason! The way to make a lasting impact is actually take your name off of the marquee. 
and put his name up there because it's the only one that's going to last to all generations. That's the invitation. It's to put down your B-movie, my starring role in my little independent film, and trade it in for a supporting cast role, whatever it might be that the Lord would have for you and I. In chasing after meaning, if you're looking for it, in promoting your name, you're going to miss it. Because when you're done, you're done. But when I'm done, his name continues. And my prayer has been this week that we would echo the many opportunities, the many voices that come from the book of Psalms that say our life is short. But this is how I want to conclude. Psalm 39, this is what he says. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Steven Spielberg or George Lucas come to you and say, Hey, you want to be in my movie? Yeah, I figure. I ain't got nothing else to do. I'll be in your movie. It's interesting. The creator of all things, the one who in through, through him all things were created and in him all things hold together, he has invited us to the greatest story ever told. An ongoing story that will continue after you and I pass. A little bigger scale than a George Lucas, Steven Spielberg movie when I begin to think about it. Jesus came so that he would reconnect us to the star. The day that we decided we wanted to be the star, he was like, that's why I came. I came so that you would see that you aren't the star, but that God is. And when you've gone, you know what? I am done with my B-movie. I am done with it. God, take it. Do what you will with my life. Make me the supporting role character you want me to be. Live your story in and through me. Meaning comes from that. Whether you're a student in high school or middle school or you're a musician or your business or you're in your family, when you say, God, I want a supporting role in your story, it brings meaning to everything. Absolutely everything because you are convinced of the love of Christ. It changes it all. And so this morning, the, the team is going to come and play and they're going to play a song. It's actually very appropriate for this morning and I, I didn't talk with them, but it's Be Near. And the words say, be near. And, and it's not just to be near while we're in here or while I'm at church or while I'm doing my whatever quiet time or devotional or whatever you call it. I don't know why we call it a quiet time. But the point is, you're asking him to be near. When you are tempted to put your name back up on that marquee, it's all about Jason. It's all about Jason. God, be near and knock me off of that ladder along with all those names, the, the name that I put up there. This week as I was getting ready, I was still taking Jason's name down, taking Jason's name down. It is a constant battle. But when I recognize that the ongoing story of God is going to last a lot longer than me, I'm going to find my way to give my life to that cause. And it is a battle. 
But for you this morning, maybe you're, you're at this place where you're like, I'm done with trying to do the B-movie thing, be the star. I've got to hand it over. Maybe I don't, I don't know how to do that, or I'm struggling with it, or I'm wrestling with it, or maybe this is the first time you've actually begun to think, life is short. I'd love to pray for you. There's, this is always open. Um, Shannon's down here as well. We'd love to pray for you, encourage you. You are more than welcome to spend your time there going, God, please fix my eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Or maybe you just need to sit under the brevity of life. Go, man, life is short. How am I going to spend it? Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you that you've invited us to be a part of your story. Your already ongoing story, you would ask us to be a part of it. Lord, we do not want to take that for granted, and we want to come around your cross and rejoice at any supporting cast role you might give us because we are convinced of the love of Christ. In your name we pray.